And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 38. So, anything going on mm-hmm. that you want to tell about? Yep, I have three things. Oh, God, okay. First, foremost, most important, my brother wants a shout-out. Oh, my God. He says I don't give him enough credit. <laughs> he doesn't even listen. <laughs> it, he's too scared. We all That's know what why. I know. That's what yeah. I'm saying. He doesn't even listen because he's a scaredy cat. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> so, in the Facebook group, he's there. Say, like, when you listen to this episode, say, hey, tag him, Kenneth Elwin. <laughs> she shouted you out. In real life, <laughs> your his friends listen here. Be like, Kenneth, your sister shouted you out. Mm-hmm. So here it is. 15 seconds of silence for Kenneth Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my God. That is so great. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I said, why don't you come on? Like, why don't we do something? He's like, nah. I'm like, oh, you just want to get shouted out. Yeah. Because he's freaking hilarious. Oh, my God. I know. Actually, no. We don't need him to be on here because then everyone would be like, he should get a podcast. I know, and then, then they quit us. listening to us. I, I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> the English language has been very hard for me this week. <laughs> and every other week. Who am I kidding? But really, this week has been hard. Also, another podcast. I'm a listening fucking fiend. Okay. And it's brand new. Ooh. And I think it was in the Stay Spooky and Don't Get Murdered subgroup that I'm in. Mm-hmm. They told me about it. Oh, um, they just said, hey, Donna. Yeah, here's- just to me. Okay. <laughs> hey, Donna, here's a podcast you should try. <laughs> but it's called Broken Hearts, H-A-R-T-S, and it's about the Hearts family. So it's two females, and they have adopted six kids. It's like two sets of biological siblings. Mm-hmm. So the moms are white. The kids are African-American. So, like, they're saying on social media, they look like this progressive, amazing family and just full of love and all of this stuff. But there's tragedy that happens and a whole shit that comes out that, I mean, it's only been one episode, so we don't know all the shit. Mm. So you're listening full and it's one episode. No, I mean, I've been a listening fiend because I've, like, said, like, five podcasts in the last two episodes. Oh, okay. Good Lord. I was like, I don't understand. (laughs) I'm sorry. I told y'all, the English language has been very hard this week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then one other thing. Okay. These are all things I'm loving. I mean, I'm throwing Kenneth in there because, you know, I love him. He's my brother. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I can't talk about feelings in front of Carrie. She doesn't like it. I don't. (laughs) On Amazon, one of my most favorite TV shows. Well, whatever. You know, it's not a TV show because it's not on TV. It's on Amazon. But whatever. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Miss Maisel. I can never remember. I just remember Marvelous Maisel. Have you ever watched it? Mm -mm. It's a second season out. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing this weekend. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. It's so good. She's like, it's like back in the day, you know. So I love all that. Like, like how far back in the day? Like the fifties. Okay, I don't really know the time frame, but it's like a crime to remember, you know. Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she is a female comedian. 
up and coming, but she's like from the upper west side of New York. New York, yeah. So she's, you know, supposed to be a housewife and all of this, but then her husband leaves her mm-hmm. and she, like, he wanted to be a comic, but he was horrible. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the club, like, schnockered mm-hmm. the night that he leaves her and she's hilarious. Yeah. And so then it just, like, Goes on with that. Yeah. But it's a guy, her dad, is Tony Shaloub. Oh, And yeah. I fucking love him. He's so freaking funny. Fucking freaking in the same sentence. Okay. Anyway. Awesome. So if you have no life like me, there's podcast to binge and TV to binge as well. I will be at work this weekend. <laughs> All right. Anything for you? If I have watched TV this week and even on my lunch break at work, whenever I'm like documenting and stuff while I'm eating. I've been watching cheesy Christmas movies. Which is crazy that you like them because you hate love. Well, I fast forward <laughs> through parts. <laughs> but it's all about love. Yeah, but it, when it's like that awkwardness, I fast forward. <laughs> like when it's that awkward love that like makes me uncomfortable, <laughs> I fast forward. Like if it's like a really what you would call sweet moment. Yeah. Skip 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. Have you ever heard of Madeline Murray O'Hare? O'Hare, hair. I personally would like to talk about Voltaire. What's that from? Princess Diaries, girl. Yeah, girl. I mean, I fucked it up a little bit because you know, she says Voltaire hair, yeah. but yeah. You know, had to go in the moment, had to riff that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Good word for it. Okay. So, Madeline, she was born Madeline Mays in 1919. She was born to a lower middle class in Pittsburgh. And she was raised Presbyterian. When she was 22, she got married to her first husband. Ooh, first husband. And was a whack in World War II, the Women's Army Corps. Oh, I was like, damn, Carrie just name calling out the No. Game. But while she was in know, the Navy. doing her, well, Army, um, oh. <laughs> she had an affair with like a well to do. Army officer. Ooh. And became pregnant. Oh, shit. So she divorced her husband. Had to. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't even notice your commentary until you said had to. (laughs) And then it was like, bing, light bulb. She's talking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So she divorced her husband, thinking that she would be able to marry the officer that got her pregnant. that's not going to happen. He doesn't want her. Mm -mm. He was Catholic. And so he was Catholic, married himself. Mm. And then he was like, "Ah, actually, I don't want to leave my wife. Well, duh. I mean, he knew this going in. Mm -hmm. He he was like, well, I'm Catholic. Right. And she was like, but we don't, you know, this is is me totally making this up. But I think he was like, well. I'm Catholic. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, born and raised Presbyterian, forced to, like, be very, like, read the Bible and all that stuff. And yeah. she hated it. She didn't, she thought it was, like, God was, like, this vengeful God that was violent and mean and, you know. Right. So she wasn't into religion. And so she was, like, well, let's not get married in the church. Again, yeah. this is all conjecture. And he was, like, well, I'm married. Mm-hmm. And then she's, like, we'll get a divorce. And he was, like, well. I don't 
actually care yeah. about you. Right. No. And okay. that's a whole thing. I mean, oh, absolutely. Uh, hello, you're a side piece and you just happen to get pregnant. Get pregnant. He mm-hmm. didn't know you had a prize seed to plant. <laughs> <laughs> that's so gross. Ew. Okay. So then later she got pregnant and had a second child. And but it was by a different man, Avi. And so with the two kids, she was struggling to make ends meet. And she turned her blame on the Catholic Church because she said that <laughs> the Catholic Church stopped her from marrying that wealthy yeah. army officer. Oh, God. God love her. Yeah. So she moved to Baltimore, and that's kind of where the story begins, I guess, of her okay. fame. So one day when she's taking her son, Bill, who was 14 at the time, taking him to school to enroll him. She heard students reciting the Lord's Prayer in the classroom. And she said, blasphemy. Pretty much, yeah. And she was like, she found out that they said the Lord's Prayer before they said the Pledge of Allegiance every single day. And she was, she considered herself atheist. And she had made her children atheists too. And, you know, her beliefs, you know, kids believe what Mm -hmm. the parents believe. And that any organized religion is terrible and... They don't believe in God. So she was so pissed that they said the Lord's Prayer that she sued the school district in order to stop the prayer in the school. Mm. This went all the way to the Supreme Court. And four years later, in 1963, is when the Supreme Court outlawed prayer in school. Wow. All because of Madeline Murray O'Hare. So... This she became like a media sensation, but not in a good way. Life because anyone who doesn't want to say the Lord's Prayer is terrible. The devil, yeah. Literally, Life magazine coined her the most hated woman in America. Holy fuck! In 1964, yeah. She did a lot of talk shows, gave interviews. She was quoted saying, like, about her family. We find the Bible nauseating, historically inaccurate, <laughs> and replete. With the ravings of madmen, we find God to be sadistic, brutal, and a represent- representation of hatred. See, here's where I get, like, she sounds obnoxious, but I also get what she's saying. Mm-hmm. However, it's the two extremes. Exactly. And it's like, there's nothing good found in those extremes. Which is why people like her can't hear the other side, Mm -hmm. and the other side can't hear people like her. Right. Because they're at the extremes, and it's like, there's no gray area with them. Yeah. And so it's just, oh, gosh. Like, you could do so good. Like, I understand her suing and all Mm -hmm. that. Like, totally get that. But why does it have to be... God is the worst thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Well, so after she's kind of been in the limelight and all of that, she starts getting a little more comfortable life because people from all over the country start sending her cash donations for the atheist calls. Okay. So she founded American Atheists Incorporated, and she moved to Austin, Texas. There she married again, and that's when she got the last name O'Hare. The O'Hare family her son bill had a hard time with it and so he became addicted to drugs and alcohol so he ended up fathering a child a little girl named robin 
but he wasn't able to care for her because he was had his addictions and yeah and so he let his mother adopt robin as her own daughter so robin john her other son and madeline they kind of became the lead to the american atheist inc okay so a a a i Mm -hmm. so in the late 1970s bill decided to turn his life around he went to rehab while he was in rehab he got exposed to evangelical Christianity. Oh, gosh. And felt like he found his calling. Mm-hmm. So he... Again, extremes. Mm-hmm. So he became a born-again born again Christian. Mm-hmm. And he completely renounced atheism. On, Does he want his daughter back? On Mother's Day of 1980. Oh, my God. I just... Sorry. I'm so Sorry. All I thought about was that he's going to be like, I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. So now he's starting to kind of live his life to try to undo the things that his mother has done. Because now he thinks God's great. Mm -hmm. So Bill said, I view what we did as wrong. We took the authority of God out of schools. We attempted to replace it with the logic of man. And so then he started distancing himself from his family and... By this time, his daughter was old enough to be like, no, I'm I'm atheist. This is what I believe. Like, I'm staying here. Mm-hmm. And so he and his family never spoke again. Dang. So Madeline and just loved the, the fame that came along with her court battles. And her organization was growing in membership and money. But that was also the time, though, that Ronald Reagan was reelected. Mm. And so just there was just kind of a like when the article said like a cultural shift in that conservative America mm-hmm. was really starting to embrace their Christian values again and you know it was kind of the pendulum was swinging back towards the more conservative yeah. America. And so she started to kind of lose some of the support for her organization. Also at the time the IRS sued John and Robin her son and granddaughter that's raised, you know, she raised Mm -hmm. for using assets from the organization for their personal use. So around the time that the IRS was suing John and Robin, Madeline was also being sued by a rival, which was a for-profit organization that she tried to take over by claiming like ownership of its stocks. So we're now we're kind of getting in the mid 1990s when it was like, okay, they're, reign of whatever is kind of starting to come to an end. So they say that at this point, she was starting to make... Look, how old is she now? She's born in 1919, so 80. Well, no, 70. Okay. She's sprightly. So... <laughs> Fuck at 80, I'm just like, will me around. Se- no, 70. Cause, well, because if, if you round up, it would be 1920, 1990 to subtract. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, a beautiful fucking mind. That's okay. All right. So those who knew her said that at this point, you know, she's starting to make preparations to move her family and her to New Zealand just to get out of America because, you know, shit's kind of starting to blunder. I don't know. Okay. Her back of a letter. Black of a letter learned. <laughs> Lack of a better word. <laughs> Jesus God. I told y'all words are hard. <laughs> She had squirreled away some money and, you know, they were going to go. Well, she won the lawsuit, the fraud lawsuit okay. from that she was being sued for. 
But they were like, we're going to appeal. And so if the appeal was successful, it would basically wipe out the whole organization. So what she did was she liquidated most of her assets. It said started moving money to New Zealand. Like one person said that he saw a bank statement from a bank in New Zealand. (laughs) The New Zealand Guardian Trust was the name of it. But had an account with a balance that was more than a million dollars. So they were like liquidating shit and moving it. Yeah. So not long after that, this was August 28th, 1985, 1995. Some of the employees get to the American Atheists building Mm -hmm. and they see a note taped to the front door that said that the O'Hare family had left town for an emergency and didn't know that how long they'd be gone. The note was signed by John Murray, the son. So they're like, okay. But one of the employees goes to their house and she finds that their three dogs are still there and Madeline's diabetes medicine. Oh, shit. And so they're like, that's weird. Where, the, where they're going, she doesn't need medicine. Damn. <laughs> so the at this point, the leaders are like, well, I mean, we don't know what's going on. Like, they say that they're going for an emergency. They'll be back. Like, we're just going to have to just keep going. Yeah. But the weird thing was, every so often, Madeline and John would call. And so they're like, well, they're they're fine. I mean, they're alive. They're fine. Right. Like, we're, we're talking to them. They're calling. And so they're like, look, we don't know what's going on, but we know that they're alive because they're, they're calling us. Well, so now we're getting into October, and Maryland, they had a picket planned around the Pope's visit to the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that cruel man. Say no to the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, they, you know, they're like, okay, well, we keep hearing from them, but when she didn't show up to that, like, rally thing they had, they are like, wait, what? Wait. Right. She loves these. Yeah. I mean, she is the best sign holder we have. (laughs) And so they were like, hmm, oh, well, okay. But still, no one filled out a missing person report. Like, they just kept kept plugging along. Because they say, like, well, in the state of Texas, it's not against the law just to become missing. You know, like, they can't. I mean, they're all adults. They're hearing from them. Like, yeah, whatever. Around this time, Bill somehow, I don't know how, gets wind that they're missing. He heard, he saw a burning bush. No, no. He followed a star. (laughs) So he gets wind of it and he's like, no, we got to figure out what the fuck happened. So he ended up filing a missing person report with the Austin Police Department. Sensible. Yeah. Very sensible. So they started an investigation, but nothing really you know, came up. Meanwhile, what happened to the dogs? I don't know. Like, people deserve to know. Hopefully one of their little congregation peeps be like, hey, let me feed Fido. <laughs> I'm sure that that's what happened. I really It wouldn't so. call it a congregation, though. Oh, I'm sorry. Organization. Mm-hmm. The AAI. Mm-hmm. AARP. <laughs> um, that's what she is now. For real. So, Okay. They open the investigation up, but they're like, look, they're missing. There's some, some seems to be maybe some assets missing from the organization, but it's not a high priority case. I mean, Madeline's 77 at this point. She's got diabetes and, you know, she's just not in the best health. One thing says she's obese, but uh, fuck them. So 
<laughs> Damn. So the Austin Police Department was like, well, we don't really care. You know, like, there's not really much for us to do. Well, the IRS, though, was like, um, we're interested. Yeah. Because they had started that money laundering investigation, you know, mm-hmm. about a year and a half before they disappeared. And so they're like, to either one, they disappeared with their money. They they did what they we thought we were they were gonna do. They would mm-hmm. go on to New Zealand. Or Madeline died because she said that she did not want her death to become a national event because it would give those quote Christers <laughs> an opportunity to pray over her. <laughs> I don't want any prayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though they had, like, all these assets and stuff, the American Atheist had filed in 1995 a tax return return showing that they had a loss of over $600,000. And so that's why the IRS was like, "Hmm, why you gotta, hmm. Yeah. And so they also found that the family had left behind a checklist that was written by John that showed the steps that needed to be taken before fleeing the country. (laughs) Step one, pack passport. <laughs> Step two, money laundering in New Zealand. I mean, right. like, what are you? I mean, what are the steps? <laughs> Step three, don't forget your swimsuit. I mean, <laughs> what oh do you? Gosh. I mean, okay. I mean, I love to make a list, but I feel like I would, you know, at least tear it up after I made that list. I mean, I don't know, like how to be a crook one oh one. Okay, yes. <laughs> Step one, an alibi. <laughs> right. P.S. This is fake. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they there was a guy named David Waters that used to be Madeline's office manager. And he was kind of the one that was like, well, they talked about, you know, going to out of the country or, you know, wherever. Yeah. And he had, well, the reason why he was the former office manager is because... He had been prosecuted for embezzling fifty four thousand dollars from the from them. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Just a little pocket change. Find in your couch. Mm-hmm. Well, he's uh, he is clearly the one who wrote that to do list. Then, mm. so after he had been busted embezzling the money, Madeline was savage AF. She put him on blast in the. Atheist newsletter. Oh, shit. She said that, like, in the newsletter, she put all of his criminal past, that when he was 17 years old, he was convicted of murdering a a kid over gasoline. He was paroled 12 years later (laughs) and then assaulted his mom. Damn. Which got more, he got more prison time. And so, he, you know, he had a little bit of a... Axe yeah. to grind. But when he first was caught for, like, the embezzlement stuff, he was like, you know, first he was like, no, 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 I didn't do it. Like, I took the money because John told me to take the money because they were going to flee. Mm-hmm. But then he ended up pleading guilty and paying money back and yada, yada, yada. So at this point, the missing person has been filed. The IRS and the government, the federal government is like, where are they? The state government's like, or the local government's like, eh, we don't really care. So now we are hitting the one-year anniversary of them missing. Okay. Nobody knows where the fuck they are. Where in the world is Madeline Madeline O'Hara? Oh, sorry. 
O'Hare. <laughs> okay. There was a reporter for the San Antonio Express News. His name was John McCormick. So many fucking Johns. All I want to say is John Jingleheimer Schmidt. His name is my name, too. Actually, fuck, I messed it up. John Jacob? Mm-hmm. John John. <laughs> Night. Night, John boy. <laughs> okay, so he was the reporter that was assigned to cover the one-year anniversary of the disappearance. And so he started working with a private investigator to be like, okay, what the fuck actually happened? Because, right. you know, three grown-ass adults don't go missing and what? <laughs> it sounded like you said three grown-ass adults. Oh. As he's investigating the disappearance with a private investigator, he uncovers the 1995 tax return, which is, you know, how the whole Irish gin dig started. Mm -hmm. And then he found that John, who had a Mercedes, had been, after they went missing, had been advertised in the Express News and sold, like, they, at this bar, like, at a loss. So they sold it up for less than it was mm -hmm. you know, worth or whatever. So John McCormick tracked down the person who bought it and showed him John's picture. And the guy was like, that's not who I bought it from. Oh, fuck. The plot thickens. Mm -hmm. So then McCormick got John's cell phone and noticed that during the months following their disappearance, there was a lot of activity on the phone. One of the calls that he did led to a jeweler that had sold John $600,000 worth of gold coins. Oh, fuck. The coins came in at different intervals. So the first installment was worth 500000 And then the next installment was going to be the last 100000 But then John never showed up to pick the final $100,000 worth of coins up. Then after September, all the cell phone activity stopped and the number was disconnected. New phone, who dis? Mm hmm So then there's another year has passed. Okay. And so as part of the anniversary, he was asked to be, John McCormick, was asked to be a guest on ABC's Nightline to talk about, like, what the fuck happened. Because, again, she's famous. I mean, she's the, yeah. she is the reason why we no longer pray in schools in America, you know? Yeah. So after he was on the on Nightline, he got a call. And the call was by a guy named Bob Fry. Sounds fake, but it isn't. <laughs> Bob was looking for his brother. French. <laughs> <laughs> no, Curly. <sighs> oh, God. Okay. So he was looking for his brother, Danny, who was 41. And he was missing as well. And he went missing right after the O'Hare family. Danny had gone to Texas because he was going to do a job with none other than someone by the name of either David Walters or David Waters. Ooh. The guy couldn't remember. Yeah. And so he was like, they had both met while they were like, Danny and this David guy that couldn't remember whether it was Walters or Waters mm -hmm. was like, hey, they met in prison. And... David had told Danny, like, look, I got this job. You're going to be able to make some money, some fast money. Obvious, not legal. You know, right. they're prison buddies. <laughs> yeah. And that Danny had told Bob, like, look, if I don't come back from this, David did this. Yeah. He, he you know, I'm missing because of him. 
Seems really legit. Yes. Seems like you should go there. Seems like it's definitely legal. <laughs> she, I'm, you'll probably get a W-2 from this job. Right. <laughs> so Bob ended up calling David Waters and telling him about the letter and being like, tell me where the fuck my brother is. Mm-hmm. So how did David Water handle that? He showed up to Bobby's house, I mean, to Bob's house in Florida and had some muscle with him by he the name said, of... you're going to fry. He's like, yes, I am. Bob Fry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bob Fry sounds like um, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> it's because it's Fry and Burger and Bob's. I know. I get why it sounds the same. <laughs> Like, Thanks for that connection. I would have never understood why they reminded me of each other. Okay. Yeah. So David comes with Gary Carr and in a car. Mm-mm. It's with a K. And they're like, you motherfucker, here's my pistol. <laughs> we don't know anything about your fucking brother and stop asking. Well, that seems legit. I mean, then you go, oh, well, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Oh, they okay. really must not know. <laughs> they didn't ever react at all. So totally well, not suspicious. Right. No, they, you know, they were very concerned mm-hmm. about Danny and they were like, here's our pistol. <laughs> we're concerned. Don't you fucking be. <laughs> so when Bob Fry called the reporter to be like, this is what all's happened. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, let me look into... These, these people's backgrounds found that Gary Carr had been, he's an ex-con, eight prior felonies, including armed robbery and kidnapping. Hmm. Start stirring a bell. Danny's daughter said that she remembered that Waters had called Danny, like over, David Waters had called da- uh, Danny over and over again, wouldn't like, basically wouldn't take an over an answer. So Danny was like, I'm only going to be gone a couple of weeks. And when he got to Austin, Danny called his daughter, collect every day. And said, like, hey, blah, blah, blah. We ought to baby eats a boy? Yes. Collect ain't no joke. Mm-mm. It is not cheap. And so the last call that she got from him was September 30th. Oh, shit. John McCormick is like, yes. Like, this is like the fucking story of a career. Right. You know? And so he's like, okay, we're keeping on looking. You know, this is this shit starting to piece together. Like, we've got a lead. Yeah. So he's publishing more stories and more stories about it. And... So now we're in September 1998. This is three years after the family disappeared. John McCormick, once again, broke the case wide the fuck open because he found a wire service story that talked about the third anniversary of an unsolved murder in Dallas. Oh, shit. And that a nude body of a white male had been found in the woods on October 2nd of 1995. So this would have been mm. three years ago. Mm-hmm. And... If you recall the last call that O'Danny Boy had made, was September 30th mm. of 95. And so he was like, hmm, because the victims, the head and the hands had been removed from oh, the body fuck. so that nobody could tell who he was. All they knew was it was about a 40-year-old man that they knew had been killed somewhere else because there was no blood found in, or very little blood found in the area. And so McCormick is like, this timeline adds up. Yeah. We got to, I think, you know, calls Dallas, like, (laughs) I think this is your guy. And so they do a DNA test. And three months later, they found, because, you know, it's 1998. DNA takes a minute. They're like, no, okay, DNA proves that that is Danny Fry. 
that so the FBI is, you know, involved at this point. And so they go look at the hotel that Danny Fry would call collect from. And they found that both Waters and Carr had rooms there at the same time in that month of September of 1995. Damn. And that they had also rented a bunch of vans. Always bad. Mm-hmm. Especially if the windows are blocked. Uh-huh. And if it's white. Mm-hmm. So John McCormick is like, I mean, looks like that Kermit gift typing with uh-huh. all these stories. <laughs> you know, he is like... Getting it because he's like all this stuff. He's putting these pieces together. Yeah, he's like, if it quacks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. Mm-hmm. He found witnesses that like one who was David Waters' ex girlfriend that lived with him, and she said that By the seashore. No, Cheryl. <laughs> she said that like Waters would come home intermittently, but then like. Wasn't always consistent, you know, like he lived with yeah. her, but then he would be gone for a while and then come back. And then like one time he just showed up driving a new Cadillac and then <laughs> inside the trunk, there was a buzzsaw and a shovel. And she's like, well, oh, that's weird. And then he came back a couple of days later and had a trash bag that had three pairs of bloody tennis shoes. And so then another time Fry and Carr came with Waters and Danny Fry got really upset and then... After that, she never saw Danny Fry again, but that his luggage was still in the apartment. When she asked Waters about it, he wouldn't answer. And so she was like, she knew that something was up. She also knew that Waters had stashed $500,000 in gold coins in a storage locker. Oh, fuck. And that one day he called her freaking the fuck out because somebody had broken into the locker and stolen the coins. Shit. Yep. Then she was like, oh, by the way, he has another storage unit. And it has 100,000 golden coins. No, remember they never picked that I up. I know. I was just joking. But that one, he was, when about a month after the O'Hare family disappeared, he and, like, they both went to that storage unit while she sat in the truck. He went in there and sprayed the thing down with bleach. Mm. And so the investigators went to that second storage unit and talked to the manager, and he was like, yeah, there were three dudes here. Yeah, they matched those de- that description of those three people. And they had a bunch of, like, large blue plastic barrels. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so the detectives are like, okay, we're coming in. Like, let's look at this. They're looking. They're like, there's nothing really here. There was a little gap in the metal flooring. And so they're like, okay, they pulled the piece of the flooring up and sprayed it with luminol to see if there was blood. In which there was. Yeah. And then they tested what they found, and they were like, okay, this DNA is consistent with the O'Hare's. Oh, for Did they burn them in acid or something? So then the they get warrants to search Waters' home in Texas and Carr's home in Michigan. They found a bow saw while they were at Waters' house, and they... But basically, Waters was, like, not saying shit, you know? Right. When they got to Carr's home, he was like, okay, we did it. And did, like, an eight-page signed confession. Damn. He admitted that he rented cars and hotel rooms and helped bury the O'Hare family. But he said that Waters did all the murdering. Like, did all the murdering. Did all the killing. So they indicted... 
Carr, like a federal grand jury, indicted him on five charges. Kidnapping, robbery and extortion, traveling interstate to commit violent acts resulting in death, conspiracy to gain financially from an act of violence, a violent act, strike that reverse hit, and transportation of stolen property across state lines. So, so when Carr went to trial, Waters hadn't been charged yet, but they did arrest him for violating his probation for, because remember, he was on probation mm-hmm. for the embezzlement. So, okay, while he was at trial, the prosecutors found the guys who stole the coins and gave them immunity. <laughs> <laughs> and they testified against Carr. That so, is so freaking funny. Mm-hmm. So he was convicted, and it came with a mandatory life sentence. So later that year, Waters pled guilty to his probation violation, and it was for possessing ammunition. And so his original 60-year sentence was reinstated. Well, because that was a state charge. So what happened was he was like, okay, I either this is what this is Waters. He's like, okay, I either spend 60 fucking years in state prison or I confess to the O'Hare murders and go to the federal pen. Right. So he's like, um, hey guys, I got a I got a story. <laughs> I got a I got a story to tell. <laughs> so he ended up confessing a three hundred page confession. Good God. Yes. So this is what had happened. When they took the family, they took them to a hotel in San Antonio and they lived there for a month in a two bedroom, one bath rental. While they were being held hostage, the O'Hare's like went along with it because they were like, okay, as long as we're being cooperative, they're going to keep us alive, you know? So the O'Hare's would like play card games and Monopoly and they say have like philosophical discussions and blah, 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 blah. And the captors would go pick them up Mexican food and, you know. Hopefully they had more than one bathroom. They only had the one. And so... That's when they had John Murray wire that $600,000 back to the U.S. from mm. New Zealand. And that's what they used to buy the gold coins. So they got the $500,000 worth of gold coins. And then, because remember, John went and mm-hmm. picked it up. And John and Madeline were calling people to be like, hey, you know, we're okay. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Again, playing along in hopes that it would aid their survival. Yeah. And so... We need code words. So, like, if we I know did that so we could say it. I know. I've thought about that, too, before. And I can't ever think of anything. Right. That's, like, memorable enough. Like, remember that show, American Sniper? Mm-hmm. Like, how he just called his wife and said, I don't even remember what he said. And she, like, knew to leave yeah. everything and go meet him. Wait, yeah. Like, wait for him in some bunker. It's like, I mean, Avi, we're never going to have that level of planning. <laughs> but I still should be able to be, like... Yeah, we need to... Pineapple pin. And you go... <laughs> Why okay. do you have to bring that up? Now I'm going to be singing that damn freaking song. Oh, God. Okay. So, the day that he goes and picks up the $500,000 worth of the coins, they move them to another hotel, to a La Quinta Inn, where they strangled each family member. Oh, damn. After they were killed, they rolled their bodies up in a bedspread and like swept the room to make sure they had cleared everything out of there mm-hmm. and when they did they found that Madeline had been hiding notes like in case 
like they were killed or moved or whatever, whoever came in would find her notes that she had been leaving. So she was trying. She was, I mean, that was pretty fucking clever. Yeah. But so they stuffed the bodies in the van and took them to Austin. Once they got them into Austin, they chopped the bodies up and loaded the pieces into the three 55-gallon metal drums Mm -hmm. and then took them to a wooded area and buried them. But before they got, they completely disposed of the bodies, that's when Waters and Carr turned on Danny Fry. Mm. And they shot him, dismembered him, you know how we said with the heads and the thing. Yeah. And then got rid of him. And so they say that. See, they had too many moving parts right. in this to be a good, perfect murder. Well, right. There was too many people. Mm-hmm. And so they had even, they say that they had given car an extra fifty thousand dollars to cut the bodies up so like i guess i don't know if so they would fit better and i don't know as part of water's deal to get the federal time mm-hmm. he had to take them to where the bodies are they found that john's skull had been fractured and a plastic bag was placed over his head they found this one this part's sad i mean the whole thing's sad but this mm-hmm. was like whoa they found the metal from Madeline's hip replacement. Oh, damn. They did find all three victims. And then along with the victims was the plastic bag that had Danny Fry's head and hands. Oh. I know. And it still, his skull still like had the bullet wound and all from where they had shot him. So it was, it was really bad. So even after her death though, Madeline was still, kind of enthralled in this controversy in that there was this huge battle between Bill, mm. her son, and the surviving like leadership of the American atheists because the American atheists were like, because Madeline had disowned Bill because he was a Christian now and was he was denouncing her work too, you know? Right. And so she had disowned him. And so the American atheists were saying like, Absolutely not. He should not get her, should not get their bodies because she disowned him. Well, the court was on his side because he's the son and right. the father of the other one. But Bill ended up cremating all of them, which they wanted. And although Madeline wanted her ashes scattered, Bill had them all buried together in an unmarked vault in Austin. This was in March of 2001. So that is a long time. Yeah. So he said that, Bill said, they lived together, they were kidnapped together, they were murdered together, and thrown in a common grave together. I just thought they should be buried together. Gosh. I know, isn't that sad? Yeah. No members of, like, nobody was told when the burial was going to be because they didn't want any of the... AAI. Yeah, to, like, come steal the remains. Right, because they love to fucking pick it. Mm-hmm. And so the ceremony was attended by a couple of FBI agents and a pastor, but in keeping with her wishes, no one prayed over her because that is not what she wanted. Dang, that's awesome, though. Mm-hmm. I just picture the pastor being, like, praying over John... Praying over the girl's name and then be like, none for you, Glenn Coco. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) The girl was Robin, but yes. Oh, yeah, 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 Robin. But 
well, first of all, none of them wanted to be prayed right, over, but that's fucking funny. <laughs> but they say that, so Ellen Johnson is who took over the American atheist, and she was vowed to continue to fight. Bill continued to be an evangelical preacher and wrote lots of books and all of that. But And then Waters died in prison of cancer in 2003. And I, I, this is like me reading from something, but I wanted to read this. It said, as for Madeline, it's unlikely that her final moments, she prayed for divine intervention, deliverance, or salvation. Because she's quoted saying, I think it's important to understand that once you're dead, you're dead. Just as soon as the brain starts to rot, it's the end of the story. Dang. And that's it. And that's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Right? That's crazy. That I mean, like, they were missing for so long. Damn. And it's like, if people had, I mean, not that they necessarily would have found them in those fir- in that first month. Right. But if people would have been like, no, this is weird, mm-hmm. that first month, like, I wonder if things would have been different. Yeah. So that's, that's good. That. Thanks. Had never heard of that. I thought it was cool, like, just the uh, – cool. That's a weird word for it. But just the history of her. And, yeah. Like, they say that she was just this, like – you know what she reminds me of? She – because a whack. Like, she was part of the Women's mm-hmm. um, Army Corps. And she even kind of looked like my dad's mom. I almost Who said. was also a whack. And she typed the telegrams during World War II. And they said that, like, Matt, both their fucking names are Madeline. That just dawned on me. Spelled differently, but that just fucking dawned on me. Oh, my God. (laughs) But Madeline from the story, they said, like, she, (laughs) there were little clips of her, like, talking and stuff. She cussed like a fucking sailor. <laughs> she was just like a badass bitch. Yeah. You know, like she, whether you agreed with her politics and how she did things and because she was very aggressive, very mm-hmm. mean. She liked being called the most hated woman in America. Right. But whether you believed in what she stood for or how she did things, she was a badass bitch and nobody <laughs> could stand in her way and nobody could tell her what to do. So, yeah, that's it. Awesome. So, you just talked about some bad guys. Now, I'm going to talk about what happens to bad little kids, particularly around the holidays. They get cold? Mm-hmm. If only that was it. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> so, we all know that song, the little Santa, blah, blah, blah. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. Mm-hmm. So, we all know that's about jolly old St. Nicholas. I love Christmas. <laughs> we'll just call you Elf. Just fucking call me Jolly, because that's what a patient told me today. <laughs> like, I'm fucking flock and flirk and flock and fern. Like, I'm fucking jolly old St. Nicholas with a bowl full of jelly in my tummy. <laughs> Maybe she just means you're happy and she's being festive and she's just Yeah, that's saying, what. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you have a hearty laugh. No, she was like, how are you today? I was like, I'm good. How are you? She was like, good. You're always good. You're always jolly. (laughs) All right. So, St. Nick, he's there. And, you know, he brings candy and presents and all that to the good kids. Mm -hmm. Bad kids, he's like, a lump of coal for you. Mm -hmm. But there's a legend of a guy named Krampus. Or, like, whatever. We'll get to that in a minute. But... Krampus, 
He doesn't leave you anything. He puts a cramp in Christmas. Basically. He did Christmas with the cranks. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, they turned it around. <laughs> I don't know. I never really actually watched it. Instead, he takes he takes the little heathens. Like takes the kids? Mm-hmm. Like Polar Express? Uh-huh. But like, you know. Not to the North Pole? Mm-mm. No one hears the little bells ringing. dun 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 <laughs> Confession, I thought this was going to be a huge story Mm -hmm. because I've heard Krampus like, I don't know, a hundred times a fucking day since like December 1st. Never heard of Krampus. What? Nope. Never heard of this. Okay. Well, you've been under a rock. (laughs) I really legit have never heard of this. (laughs) Because you're jolly. Yeah. (laughs) Give me all the frosty. The snowmen, not the Wendy's. I mean, I'd take that, too. <laughs> oh, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate, always. The OG. Yeah, I know. Who who does vanilla? Not a Frosty. Mm-mm. Anyway, but it's not. Okay, so this is going to be short. Whoops. So here's that. But with the festivities and all that, here we go. All right. I did learn that his roots really have nothing to do with Christmas. So instead, they date back to pre-Germanic paganism. He His name originates with the German Krampen, which means claw. Oh. So instead of Santa Claus, he's Santa Claw. <laughs> Brunch. Mm-hmm. It's probably like on a bazooka wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> and... Tradition has it that he is the son of a Norse god of the underworld named Hel, H-E-L. Hmm. I don't know anything about that. Probably should, but moving on. Um, <laughs> Good story. No, I'm kidding. Obby. <laughs> so during the 12th century, the Catholic Church attempted to banish Krampus, any celebration of him, Because they said that he had a resemblance to the devil. Also, in 1934, Austria's conservative Christian Social Party, it said they didn't like it, the Social Party, blah, 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 blah. No one likes Krampus, apparently. Well, if he steals kids. (laughs) But none of that held, and he is in, like, Europe and stuff. He's not the same as St. Nick. But, like, on that celebrity status of St. Nick, he's right under him. For real? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they he's beloved. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, you say Krampus, people know. Hmm. Why have I never heard of him? Again, you're jolly. So, if you... <laughs> I was thinking, I'm Christmas Village, you're Spooky Town. <laughs> For real. <laughs> like, 100% that's <Yes>. us. <laughs> and that's how we work. Santa's, or St. Nick's, good. jolly, yeah. good. He's evil. He's got to be a bad cop to his good cop, you mm-hmm. know? And so parents really use him as a way to to discipline kids, to yeah. scare them. Because if you're like, you're going to get a lump of coal, it's like, okay. You know what I right. mean? Versus, like, put that shit in the microwave and then make it Play-Doh. That's not how that works. I was like, is that a thing? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I don't know. You're teaching me all kinds of shit today. Krampus <laughs> yeah, and try that, Carrie. And... See what that works. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, PetSmart, they had a lump of coal treats mm-hmm. for like, you know, way too much. Like $10 for like six. Marley turned her nose at those. Really? Uh-huh. I was like, I see people on YouTube and their dogs eat them. Yeah. Like, eat it. <laughs> I should have told her Krampus. It wouldn't have worked. That bitch has a palate <laughs> for expensive food. <laughs> True. She is a snarky little bitch when it comes to food. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> okay, so he is believed to be half goat, half demon. Okay. He's seven foot tall, very hairy, and he is always depicted as having, like, bulging eyes, a whip-like tongue. Ew. And pointy ears and horns. Also, he has mismatched feet. One cloven hoof and one is like a bear-like claw. Hmm. And all I know that from is donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Carbs. Carbs and Krampus. Carbs and Christmas. Some say that he has fangs, but he's not always depicted as that. He also carries around chains, and he'll, like, thrash them around for dramatic effect. Drama king! (laughs) They say that the chains symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church. That's what they say. According to the century-old legend, because, you know, it's been around for centuries, Carrie, um, if a child misbehaved... St. Nick would be like, (laughs) Krampus, we got a live one. And so he'd turn up at the house and be like, where's the fuck, where's the little fuck boy at? Yeah. He would beat the person, the little kid, with a bundle of birch sticks. Ouch. Did you ever get spanked by a switch? I think my mom made me pick one from our yard, but then she just like had it, you know, every time. I was a little bitch, so I was like, I'm sorry, bye. (laughs) That fucking hurt. (laughs) It hurts so bad getting spanked (laughs) by a switch. Like, I don't, like, it, like, wraps around your leg. I don't know. It hurts. I was a bad kid. Obviously. I got the switches. I got the fly swatter. I got the belt. I got hit with (laughs) everything. I just got, I was threatened with it. Or my dad would be like, you're grounded. But literally, I just knew how to play him. And so he watched Walker, Texas Ranger. So I would just go sit in there. And he hates for people to talk like you. I'd just be like, so what does he do? Why does he do that? What? A-? He's like, all right, go to Tiffany's. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> Damn. All right. So he would either beat them with that bundle of birch sticks, whip them with horse hair, Whip them with horse hair? Mm-hmm. Or throw him into a sack or a wicker basket and take him to hell for like a year. Shit. Mm-hmm. Some stories say that the kids could be eaten, but I don't know. I mean, maybe he was picky and he only ate the really plump ones or something. So you better be glad your mama beat you with that stick. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was a plump kid. <laughs> you Pleated were a khakis plump kid. <laughs> Cleated khakis and all. (laughs) 
he probably had me in a fucking globe, like, I'm going to get her one year. And I was like, nah. <laughs> You're like, Dad, what does Walker do for the love? That's how you stayed out of the globe. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I just was thinking, nobody can beat Chuck Norris. <laughs> Not even Krampus. It's Krampus. He's a redneck of Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> That's why you've never heard of Krampus. <laughs> right on the street, he would cramp it. Okay. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time that Kelly sent, my sister, Kelly, sent her husband, Mark, to buy some blow-up yard stuff. Oh, shit. And he was going to get it. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> Okay, sorry. Keep going. He was supposed to get a blow-up nutcracker. <laughs> and he, when he went to check out, he's like, the cashier lady's like, this is what you wanted? And he's like. Yeah, yeah, this is what I want. The nutcracker. Da, 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 da. She said that he said that she kept looking at him funny, like, okay. So he gets it home, blows it up, and he got the redneck nutcracker. He <laughs> had on a trucker hat, <laughs> holding a beer can, had a baby Huey shirt, and a missing front tooth. Oh my God. They put that bitch up every year. <laughs> You might be a redneck if. <laughs> but the thing is, they're not. Right? <laughs> <sighs> now that's fucking funny. All right. Back to the Krampus. The night before Christmas. Like, nothing stirring, not even a mouse. the night before Christmas, all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Okay. So, there's that. Mm-hmm. But then, you wouldn't hear, like, the hooves of the reindeer. You would hear the hooves and the chains of Krampus. <gasps> Creepy. Mm-hmm. So on the eve of December 5th, that's called Krampus night. And so German kids would be like, let's not be bad. Like, you knew December 5th. Like. You better be fucking good. <laughs> and St. Nicholas Day is December the 6th. So, Krampus came the night before. Okay. So, I guess, like, the heathen, like, the really bad ones didn't even get to even try to see St. Nick. So, he would come on the 5th. Mm-hmm. Santa Claus would come on the 5th, 6th. 6th. <laughs> and that was when Christmas was and not the 25th? I guess so. I don't know. It just said, yeah, St. Nicholas would bring presents on... Nicholas Tag? I don't know. December the 6th. Hmm. What was that trivia fact we saw the other day that which president was it that moved Thanksgiving up a week to I allow? No, no, no. That's from another thing. To allow for a longer shopping period. Oh, yeah. Roosevelt. <clears throat> Maybe it was. Just like, hey, let's move Thanksgiving yeah. up a week so that we have longer to shop for Christmas. Right. I mean, fucking smart. Mm hmm. So on December 6th, Children would look outside their door to see if the shoe or boot they had left out contains either presents 
or a rod, which that was like their lump of coal. Oh. So heathens didn't even make it there, you know. Yeah. According to legend. But then if the, you were bad, but also good, like you Mm -hmm. helped the old lady across the street, but you cheated on that test. Yeah. You got a rod. Okay. Which again, I feel like I could have some fun with a fucking rod. Of course you could. So a more modern take on it in Austria, Germany, Hungary, Slovenia, Slovenia, none of the above, Slovenia and the Czech Republic, they have it where they do Krampuslauf, which is like a Krampus run. So like, you know how in NOLA and shit where they have the like the red dress run Mm -hmm. and what did you do? The color run. Mm -hmm. It's where... Drunk men will dress up as Krampus oh, and run through the streets. And, like, normal people can run, too. And so then they're chased by Krampus. Oh. Mm-hmm. But they will also, like, whip them and stuff. Oh, like, uh-uh. <laughs> Sounded fun until you said that. <laughs> which, they have something in Honduras, which is, I think, like Krampus, honestly, but it's not called that. It's called like the junk canoe or something like that. I don't know. Because my mama always told me about it. And you know she made up words. <laughs> yeah. It's really heepy-jeepy. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but yeah, like it would be where people would dress up and then run and like hit you with stuff or like try to steal your candy. <laughs> wow. All that stuff. That and I'm like. not. No. No. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> I don't know, though. It does kind of sound fun. Mm-mm. Like, don't hit me. Like, if it didn't hurt. Like, if they had, like, yeah. a foam bat. Or, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, if it fucking hurts, don't do it. And don't take my candy. <laughs> I don't run fast enough for that. <laughs> i just put it in my fucking bra. Well, then it'd be all sweaty and melted. No, melted. Yeah. Well, they call it milk chocolate for a reason. No. No. <laughs> not for that. kids history lesson this is how it happened (laughs) someone was running from krampus had a sports bra on and she was like oh fuck it you ain't getting my reese's tree (laughs) put it in there and then when she came out her husband was like "Ooh, what you doing and she's like okay here my milkshake brings all the boys (laughs) in the yard and he was like "Ooh, this is like milk chocolate and then bam that sounds like drunk history and that's just but that's accurate this ain't. I know. This, I know. <laughs> <laughs> How you said that? I know. I know. It's like you really thought that you were tricking me. <laughs> like that you had me going. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> I had you up until that point. (laughs) So even though Krampus isn't super popular here in the States, we are getting more of our own Krampus nights in cities like Washington, New Orleans, of course, uh, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, and New York. I mean, I guess everyone wants to celebrate the Christmas devil or just have a reason to drink and like, act a fool. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. How are they celebrating it? Like, they're doing the runs and mm-hmm. stuff? Gotcha. Yeah. 
So then there was a movie called Krampus, and it is about a little kid, a little boy. See? Little boy. Told you. Mm -hmm. He questions the existence of Santa Claus. And he's 11 years old, and his German grandmother is like, okay, write a letter to Santa. And, you know, like trying to keep the spirit alive of Mm -hmm. Christmas and whatever. So he unleashes the wrath of Krampus when he tears up his letter to Santa out of frustration and just like, Mm, you know, whatever. But he has like a dysfunctional family. So he, again, like some of my paranormal shit with like poltergeist. Yeah. When it's a dysfunctional. Right. Thing, all of this negative energy, something evil this way comes. Yeah. I just say all that to say there's a movie about Krampus Mm -hmm. here. And it actually did, I think, pretty well at the box office. How have I never heard of this? I had never heard of it until, I think, last year. And he was on Grimm, that show I watched. Mm. Loved that show. If you, I don't even know what it comes on, maybe Netflix or Hulu. Go watch it. But, okay, so there was a guy who played him, obviously, and he had this Sean Connery type of voice Mm -hmm. for it, and it annoyed the shit out of me. (laughs) And so on the every preview, because it was like a huge Christmas special, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it would always be this guy saying it to these kids, and he'd be like, You've been naughty. Oh, God. Just like that. That's fucking horrible. Terrible. And you know, when it's something so fucking terrible, what happens? It gets stuck in your fucking head. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be like, you've been naughty. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Why? But like, oh, I'm going to have to find a fucking preview mm-hmm. and like leave it in our. Yeah. What? Show notes. Yeah. Can't think of words. Fucking Krampus. Always cramping your style. You know what? Cramp it. Okay. Well, now you just unleashed him. Thanks. Oh. (laughs) Gotta do that shit up in my house, huh? (laughs) Thanks. I'm the one that fucking likes Christmas. (laughs) So, really, that's all I could find. So, he's the bad cop to St. Nick, the good cop. He's the yin to his yang. Yes. The black to his white. Yes. The hot to his cold. Because, you know... Santa's mm-hmm. North Pole. He's hell. He's hell. With one L. <laughs> oh, my God. But seriously, that's it. I mean, he is this legend of this devilish creature. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, put the fear of Krampus into their kids. That's what I was just about to say. But then also other people celebrate him kind of like... Honestly, I feel like it's kind of how they celebrate him is kind of like Rocky Horror, where it's supposed to be like a horror, yes, bad thing, but it's like fun and yes, whatever you know. You do the time warp and yeah, all this it's like shit. This, like, but he like is making a man and wants to kill them and all that shit. Yeah, they're gonna be like, what? <laughs> no, I get it, but they'll get it too because they get us. True. But that's really it. That's crazy. I've never heard of Krampus. Girl, that's what I was going to ask. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I tend to lean more towards the elf on the shelf type of scaring kids. <laughs> See, like, I hate that too. But you Ugh. know what I mean? Though, like, 
Santa's watching you. Like, he knows when you've been good. You better be good. He's watching. Not like, Krampus is going to come eat you. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's that's a little too much. But I also think it's interesting that the Catholic Church took a stand on it. Yeah. They got their hand in fucking everything. Uh-huh. Everything. Everything. I think that you definitely could go down, like, a rabbit hole on the internet with, like, taking that aspect of it. Like, the... Oh, yeah. The, you know. Yeah. The religion kind of stuff behind it. and hmm But we're not that kind of podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'd have been, like, nodding off. <laughs> but, yeah. I... I don't know about him either, but I think it would be fine just in the scary aspect of, like, (laughs) this is why I don't need kids, because I'd be like, are you going to survive the night? (laughs) Like, it's it's like Christmas purge. (laughs) Take all of the bad kids. You wake up in the morning and no kids are left. They're like, I could go to fucking Chili's and eat my baby back ribs in peace. Oh, my God. (laughs) You ain't lying, though. Kids follow us everywhere. And the thing is, you know, I really do have been joking a lot about hating (laughs) kids recently. But I really don't hate kids. I don't either. I just don't love them. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I mean, it's just we are a magnet for them. And we could be in a place where there's no one and a fucking family with a birthday party of a 10-year-old's going to be sat next to us. Legit, that happened to us last time mm-hmm. we ate out. And Carrie was solidly paying attention to them and hating them from afar. Because I can't help it. My ADHD, <laughs> I can't. It, when there's a lot of shit going on, I can't focus on anything. No. Besides Candy Crush. And now we know why Carrie's single. I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> No, I really don't hate kids. I do joke about it, but I really don't hate kids. Yeah, I don't want them. I don't know. I don't know if I could have them because I don't think I have the y'all moms. Y- people with kids, y'all are some fucking badass people. I can't that the lack of sleep alone would destroy me. The lack of being lazy alone. Yes, I mean I don't even have a damn dog. <laughs> like I got to uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. Y'all are amazing. People who have parents and can raise right. kids, and it's like it. You know, we Did were just parent people who have parents. No, uh, I think. I, well, I tried to say people who are parents who oh, raise okay. kids, but we were talking about that today. Like it never gets easier. Like yeah, the things that are hard change, but it doesn't ever get easier. Yeah, Mm-mm. I'm not in it for the long haul. Yeah, how do we get on that? I mean, I know how we got on that, but wow, that was a <laughs> tangent. Okay, so what did we learn? We learned Santa is always watching you. <laughs> and if he and he doesn't have to call collect to Krampus. Mm-mm. He just says, boop, 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 cramp it. I got to tell you something. <laughs> His kids are cramping my style. <laughs> oh, instead of cricket wireless, it's cramp it wireless. Dang. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. When, two, if you think something's weird about not your friends not being there, fucking call the police. Yeah. If something is so weird that, I mean, you notate it as, that's weird. Yeah. For more than, like, three weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you three weeks. But they, but no one would just put a fucking post-it Oh, up. I know. But, but really, like, if they were really and truly going to disappear to New Zealand yeah. to 
run from the IRS and all of that. Right. They would have they would have done it with their animals and their medicine. Yeah. Period. And I feel like they would have at least given somewhat of a heads up or hey, called you on the plane, something of no, I, maybe not. If they I mean if they truly were like fleeing, maybe not. But they the, but then they wouldn't have put a damn Posted. Posted on there that says, we're going away for an emergency. Right. So, yeah, it was just very sketch. Mm-hmm. But, like, we know why Waters was how he was mm-hmm. about it, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which, again, is if the person that's saying all this shit, mm-hmm. you gotta, I don't know. It's like, the pieces are there, you gotta put the puzzle together. Uh-huh. I mean, it was like try. Look, that puzzle was like a nice big six piece puzzle. Yeah, it wasn't like the the five hundred piece. It wasn't that fucking hard to put together. No, I mean, I could even do those puzzles. (laughs) You just tap, tap, tap it in. Uh, Right. (laughs) Like seriously. So we always say trust your gut. Okay, number three is it's the most wonderful time. Of the year. I love Christmas. You've been naughty. Oh, God. (laughs) And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared. Naughty. (laughs) 